episode 14 of Reading Beyond the Lines. In this episode, we offer some final advice on the year 12 exam, uh, sort of based on our observations of the most recent trial exam that we ran at Kilvington. Um, Miss Rontovich, uh, Mrs Cavillan and I will go through each section and give students a little bit of a heads up on some of the pieces of feedback that were relevant to our whole cohort, um, including the things that uh, we think students are doing well and the things that we need them to stop doing um, on the day of the exam. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome to our final episode for the year. I have Ronnie here. Hi. And I have Miss Cav. Hello. And it's Miss Mo, obviously. And I just wanted to bring us all together to give you some final pieces of advice, of advice before the exam. Um, so do you guys want to start with your thoughts on what you've noticed about Section A? Perhaps let's start with what we think they did quite well. I and think, then, and then, yeah, yeah, our common kind of concerns. I think the students know the basics of the text in terms of plot, and so they've got a good understanding of what the themes are, and they're choosing some relevant examples. So that's something they do well in, and their structure um, of their essays is, you know, effective. You know, introduction, key ideas in um, each paragraph and they conclude by linking back to the topic. So that was done well. Mm. Mm. No, I agree. I think that most of the topics, um, well, most of the students wrote on topic, which was really pleasing to see. Mm. Um, And I saw a noted improvement to the introductions. So a lot less plot retelling, Mm. a lot less bringing in character and things that need to be saved for later. So I was impressed with the improvement to the introductions. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. I, I feel like structurally Kilvington kids are really well positioned and that certainly came through in the assessor's feedback um, when she, with the first trial exam where she noted that um, they've all been very well taught. So, um, so, so you're all very lucky. Um, but, yeah, topic sentences and things like that, you all know what you need to do. Um, okay, so some common things or concerns that you have that sort of kids keep doing and need to stop doing well i have a lot of concerns because section a to start you know i i'm not known for my compliment sandwiches so (laughs) the first thing is students aren't analyzing enough they're giving Mm. us a lot of what Mm. so what happens and they're being very broad in those examples but they're not referring to specific moments in the text Mm. And they're not bringing in any real analysis by saying this is how Euripides does it. Mm. So, you know, no structural elements such as the stage directions or mm. the use of symbolism mm. or the the way that, you know, the um, writers, not the writers, the characters communicate with each other. None of that is really being explored in depth. We're just getting a lot of storytelling. Mm. So they need to focus on specific moments and add more analysis how is Euripides doing it? And then how does that connect back to the question? That's what they need to work on yeah. in more depth. Um, I found for section A, probably even some of those other skills that you alluded to before, that um, even the use of quotes is pretty thin. Mm. Um, definitely needing to revise quotes, but having quotes that value add mm. to the analysis, as Ms. Ronsovich just said, you don't want the pl- 
the quotes to be retelling the plot. No. They need to be something that you are going to analyse and really value add to that conversation. Mm. So I'd say some really specific revision around good quotes. Um, in addition to that, I think that the examples that are used are fairly common. I would be expecting students are revising the more niche examples, um, the use of Polexena as a character, the use of Menelaus and Helen and those different stories that are told, particularly the Greek perspective as well, um, is somewhere we can revise. Again, coming back to their strength, because I am known for compliment sandwiches, <laughs> their knowledge around Talthibius and Hecuba and Andromache yeah. was quite good. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more that we could look at. Yeah, and I think my um, feedback is quite similar, but um, just slightly more specifically, no more single word quotations yeah. unless they are you know the the word that you're using is intrinsic to um, an iconic moment or quotation that that word is you know obviously integral to your unpacking of a, an idea please stop using one word quotes it looks lazy and for those of you who are really well prepared if you do it too much you will just look like you're a bit desperate so stop it don't need to um, quote Hecuba is queen, yeah. quote, unquote. We yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yep. So, so please make sure that you are really delving into that quote revision as both um, Ronnie and Miss Cav said. You've been given lots of resources. Please use them. Should we move on to section B? Yes. Thoughts? What did they do well? Structure's good again. They know that they need to structure it in a way where the similarities and differences are discussed and there are links to the main ideas. Yep. But let's go to compliments. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, again, I think that students are doing well to unpack the ideas. I think that the topic sentences are vastly improved from when we did the SAC. Um, there were more quotes and more examples mm. that I think were in line with the topic. Um, but I found that probably this is the area that still needs the most work. Yeah, same, yeah. same. And I, I feel like a lot of students know Photograph 51 very well. Mm. Um, but because my brilliant career is much heftier, obviously there's more time and effort involved in knowing that text well. And you don't have to know it like you need to know a text response or a part A text, but you do need to know it. So if you know that your um, text knowledge is sparse, at a bare minimum, you should be revisiting and rereading all the study guide notes that you've been given. Um, I will say about the, um, the prompts for section B on the second trial exam, for those of you who attended it, um, some of mine were freaking out about the, um, the quotations. Sorry, not the quotations, the, the actual prompts, um, where they thought that um, the first prompt was something that they hadn't really discussed. Not true. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And when I did have a conversation with someone about honesty and integrity in both of the texts, they, they sort of pulled back and said, oh, right, yeah, of course. Um, there's lots to talk about. But in the second one, because it's Rosalind and Sibylla specifically, um, I think a lot of students balked at that, which is interesting given how much of you were only writing on those two characters in the first trial exam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't be thrown by a topic you don't expect. Um, 
you know what you know and you can always use what you know no matter what um, question that you're getting. No, correct. I'm going to jump in on that. Um, So I think it comes down to a little bit of developing skill. Um, So looking at that first topic, compare how the two texts explore the importance of honesty and integrity. One key skill, and this is key across other subjects as well, is highlighting the keywords and coming up with synonyms. So when I'm looking at honesty, I'm looking at truthfulness. I'm looking at um, integrity and thinking, oh, all automatically thinking about Watson and Crick and the way people the are being race. deceitful. Mm. Um, so if you are able to widen your vocabulary by using synonyms for those words, you're able to connect with ideas a bit better. So, yeah, don't be afraid of the words that they've used. Yeah, and also thinking about, you know, when you think about honesty, you might at first think, well, Rosalind's honest. She's not honest with herself. So asking questions of the topic, like, you know, where where are there moments where, where characters um, are introspective in a way that can help you pull out, pull apart the topic, I think is really helpful too. And bring a dictionary. Please. Like, you might look at those words and go, yeah, I know what honesty means, but what is actually integrity? Yeah. And so bring a dictionary and, and look it up. I think as well, even if you do know the meaning of a word, sometimes definitions can be really generous yeah. um, in the way that they give you adjacent language that you can use. And, yeah, okay, it's not a thesaurus, but um, definitions from time to time can be really useful in helping you pull apart a topic. So even when you know what a word means, look it up, see what's in the dictionary, use the resources that you've got at hand. Shall we talk about Penny? Yeah. (laughs) Penny's Petals? Great, because my cat's name is Penny, so I was really engaged with this one. What actually is Penny's name, though? Penelope. It's Penelope, people. Because that's in the background information, mm, isn't it? And and on the front. Penny. Penny says. Mm. Penny asserts. No, she doesn't. She's not your mate. And also Acosta (laughs) was her surname as well. Yeah. So I didn't find that many students in my pile that I marked used. Oh no, mine were all, they were all going, they were all going out for lunch with her later because they're such good friends. Um, So please, full name or surname of the writer. I was really encouraged by the Section C responses. Same, yeah. I thought that they were really well written. I had very few students who had regressed back to labelling techniques. Agreed. Yeah. It was fantastic to see the diversity of language where students were alluding to the meta-language, alluding to the strategies used by the writer without these workmanlike labels. Mm-hmm. So that had come across really well. The only strange thing, and I'm sorry to get the negative already, was that there were some students that didn't quote the article when they were yeah. talking about yeah. language. So remember to make sure that you are giving extracts from the piece because that's obviously important. We need to see which bit you're referring to. There's mm-hmm. either two sides of that. They're either quoting too much yeah. or not quoting Danger. enough. Yes. And the thing with the quotes is whenever you choose a quote, you need to make sure that you explain the relevance of those words that you are quoting and why it's important and how it appeals to the different stakeholders that um, Penny is referring to. But going on that as well in terms of the image, because I always get concerned students forget the image, 
most of the students were able to connect the image quite nicely yeah. to that. I found that too. Um, Shakespeare quote. It's a bit of a cop. No, I didn't get a Shakespeare. I didn't get Shakespeare, but I did get a lot of um, analysis. Yeah, yeah, the notion that it was foreshadowing the yeah. the dark underbelly of but also like that idea who knew of appearance who and... knew that flowers was so sinister. I didn't, and now I'll go and to my local yeah. shop that sources them ethically. <laughs> Thank you, Penny. Um, I think you guys have captured quite a lot of what I liked about my students' writing as well. I think one of the things that, uh, especially. Uh, Look, I don't know. I think it maybe it's because you've got the text in front of you. A lot of students slip into paraphrase mode. And yeah. even some of the stronger writers don't even know they're doing it. They're just kind of uh, writing in a way that just tells me that they know what the article's about yeah. rather than why the writer's using specific choices and strategies. And also, and I think this is really important too, talking about the overall structure of yep. the piece. So making sure that you build some holistic article analysis and construction into your essays. So you're talking about, you know, where a particular argument sits and how it might sit between um, one point and another and why that might be. That's why I thought some of the commentary around the image foreshadowing some of her arguments was was really cleverly cleverly done Mm -hmm. um some of the things that are driving me bananas um the phrase allows the reader Mm. can you stop it (laughs) (laughs) if you find yourself saying the words allows the reader I i just don't know that any writer ever sits down and thinks this will allow the reader to Think read a particular further. to read further. That's Come the other one. Allows you um, to keep it in their head. Yeah, um, or just want to write more. Just want to read more. Yeah. Um, so please, please don't do that. You, all you're doing there is kind of throwing out these general, vague statements. And I think just because you're referring to the reader doesn't mean you're talking about the intention behind what the writer is trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I really had a great conversation with a student around the power of word choice. Yeah. And that's what section C really comes down to for me is that are you choosing words that really reflect what the intention is? Is it championing something? Is it intending to discredit? Like you need to choose the words wisely. Um, And same when referring to the audience, um, having those correct words that it's about consumers in this instance or buyers or fellow florists in the industry. Um, Be really specific and be really accurate with your word choice and you can do well. Mm. They need to consider the values of the audience as well. Like, do they value the fact that people are being exploited and, Mm. you know, Mm. they're using pesticides and their health is being affected? Mm. You know, Mm. what is the um, value that the audience would hold? Mm. But going on what Ms. Cav said as well, that idea and Ms. Amur, it is verb choice. What verbs are being encouraged by the audience Mm. and consider those verbs carefully. Like, what do they want them to do? What reaction? That sort of thing. That's what you need to think about when talking about audience, not the fact that Mm. they want them to read on or that, you know, it's inclusive and therefore they feel included. Yeah. And if you are saying that the writer is positioning the reader, that's fine, but you need to say in what way. Um, My other bugbear is when students use the word emotional or Mm. emotive. Mm. I want to know what emotion. I I need you to be specific. So there are lots and lots of emotions in the world. 
and I feel like I have every single one of them when I'm marking exams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, if you're going to say emotional, and I think even in the sample response shared by Insight, there was um, emotive appeal is in one of the samples. And, look, that's okay if the rest of your um, essay is an A+. Plus. Um, but if you're someone who's trying to improve their writing and you're just using the word emotional rather than pinpointing what the specific appeal to emotion is, um, another thing to not do. Any other last-minute words of advice? Yeah. Um, I think just go in with a bit of a strategy for dealing with time. Yeah. Um, make sure that you know what time the exam starts, when reading time starts and finishes, and what time you're looking for on the clock to move to the next section. Yeah. Um, just back yourself in, have the strategy, um, you know you've done the revision, uh, and just do what you can do on the day. Yeah, it's fair to say that the timing thing can be different for different students too. Totally. I was speaking to a student today who knows that they can write a smashing argument analysis in 45 or 50 minutes mm. and that they need much more time for the comparative. So making the choice about what you need for each section is another kind of strategic way to go in for some students it'll be an equal split across the board but if you know that you can smash something really strong out in one section that will give you more time for another section then by all means do that really well i just um think you need to go in with a little bit of confidence as well you've worked really really hard all year most of you have and you know, you, you planned, you've done all the practices. This weekend should be about planning um, different prompts, you know, revising quotes, going through all the resources you have and, you know, talking to others, unpacking, you know, quotes with other people and, and when other you, students. Yeah, and when you do talk to others, try speaking in text where you only <laughs> communicate with quotations from the texts you're studying and try and make plans where you're only allowed to use... Quotations from Women of Troy. Or you can use like a sticker mythia and say how, you know, how bad things are. Back and forth. <laughs> Back and forth. Oh, weariness. Weariness. Um, I... Yeah. We believe in you. All the best. Congratulations. You're nearly there. Good luck. Well done. Bye.